genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, one really sad face at a time. Oh, gosh. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us again today is Crystal Beth. Thanks for having me for this. You're welcome. So sad. (laughs) I know. Today we're going to be talking about Minute 149, which starts with Aragorn running up the stairs and out. And ends with Aragorn saying, we must reach the woods of Lothlorien while getting a very pained look from Boromir. Yes. This whole minute is pained looks. It is. It is. It's the entire minute. It's just... Oh, God. It's pained looks. Um, and we see, like, we see a couple more kind of aspects of grief across mm-hmm. this minute. We have Gimli that I'm going to fight you because I'm really sad. Yes. Right. And it's... And Gimli's, Gimli's grief is mixed with anger because he's also just mad about Moria not being reclaimed. Mm-hmm. So, like, he has a lot of other. Well, I mean, he just found baggage. out his cousin died. Yeah, so he's yeah. got a lot three of. Three days ago. A lot no, of. No, not even three days ago. Like, years. He, yeah, he, he just found out his cousin died like today. Yeah. Like. Yes, it's. Yeah, and it hasn't had any time to register it because it's you know they've been being chased down and. It's, right. I like this because you exactly see the seven stages of grief across all of the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get them right. all. Yeah. Except really acceptance and hope, I guess would be, I guess Aragorn, Aragorn would be the closest. Aragorn uh, kind of accepts this pretty quickly, yes. but that's because of, that's and because Boromir arguably does too, but that's because of the kind of lives they've already led. I mean, yeah. Boromir has probably watched countless fellows die. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Aragorn is no stranger to death. No. Right. Because he's also a warrior. Yeah. And he knows there's a mission to be had that actually needs to get done. Right. Yeah. But it is, which is so, that's why it's so cool to me that like you have the two like warrior minded guys and one of them is like, hey, we got to go. And the other one is just like. Chill. Chill out. For like two seconds. Yeah. Like, give everybody a minute. Yeah. Like, because Boromir is also the one holding Gimli back. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, dude, no. Yeah. Boromir is trying to be a calming force here. Keep things mellow. So we like can the- take the ring. <laughs> <laughs> the ring's walked off and Boromir hasn't even noticed. This is Yeah, I guess that's true. I, I never thought about that. Yeah, because Frodo... We Frodo's not Frodo here. Like... And when Boromir says, like, give them a moment for pity's sake, he's hovering over Merry and Pippin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. Which is another little thing that we, they keep, that is just continually put into the movie. Right. With, like, the, the Boromir, oh. Merry and Pippin. And I think you're right about why Boromir gravitates to Merry and Pippin, because he sees his brotherly relationship with Faramir mm-hmm. in the two of them. I think you're totally right. Yeah. He's also, like... The oldest child. He's like the mom. He's friend. the older brother. Like, like he, yeah. he just kind of like gravitates toward because they are the youngest in the group. So he kind of like adopts them. Yeah, his his habit of scooping and snuggling. Right, right. <laughs> like just like oh, okay, okay. 
Oh my so god. Sad. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Sam? Maybe he just likes their curly hair. I, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a cat. He's just like, oh, you're soft. <laughs> oh god. That's so weird. That's, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> not, not in like, okay. <laughs> not in any sort of dirty way. It's okay. Not, it's not coming from a dirty place. No, I know. I just, I don't know. I'm the corrupting force. He just, see, he just the sees ring. them like kittens. Yeah. They're small yeah. and innocent and need to be protected. Well, I don't know. I think he does project his, like, protective feelings for Faramir on Merry and Pippin a lot. Yeah. That's, but, uh, I think that that is a very insightful reading of Boromir. Well, thank you. There are... Like, exactly five more where that gets... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have precisely, precisely five more such points. Sam. <laughs> Sam. Sam is, like, somewhere between Aragorn and Frodo. Because yeah. he's, like, he's at a loss, and he's he's experiencing some, like, real deep grief, mm -hmm. but he doesn't seem to know exactly what to do with it. Yeah. yeah. He's here and because like, of Gandalf. Right. Yeah. So it's like, he's... He's been the constant that he's had where he's like, yes, I'm traveling with Gandalf because we have to do this thing. And mm. he's there to protect Frodo. And then all of a sudden, the guy that uprooted him from all he knows is gone. And that's such a rock. Like if you're somewhere, it's like going on a vacation to a country where you don't speak the language with only one other friend. And then all of a sudden, yeah. that other friend, is like you lose them for a second. You're like, oh, oh God. But yeah twice like 18 times that because you just watched them fall into the shadows right yeah also and like because sam we don't know if sam has ever like dealt with death before i think he must have and hobbits probably deal with death among their kind very differently right because they're very much about like celebrating, celebrating. yeah so yes. i imagine that like i imagine a hobbit funeral is a lot like a hobbit birthday yeah i imagine that like the estate the remaining estate is like split up among close relations in like a celebratory way. Mm -hmm. I can, and I think that's kind of cool because that's how I kind of feel it would be. Yeah. I also like, because we talked about how Boromir loses track of the ring, but Sam is so consumed by his grief that he doesn't he also, notice Frodo because like, yeah. he's Frodo's keeper. Right. Yeah. So I don't mean to. Right. Don't you lose him, Samwise Gamgee. And, and, and Gandalf is to. the one who's, who tells him that. Yeah. Yep. And that kind of, I think that Gandalf's death redoubles Sam's devotion to Frodo mm -hmm. because now Frodo doesn't have Gandalf. Now all he has is Sam. Right. Like, uh, and Legolas just looks so lost. Oh, God. And I I love, I, I love this idea that Orlando Bloom is just like, and el elves don't know what death is. They don't understand yes. why everyone would be so, so grief stricken around them. So mm -hmm. Orlando's performance is just like, not necessarily confusion at losing Gandalf. There's certainly some of that, but also like he's at a loss as to why everyone is so deeply affected. Cause like dying, like death for elves is getting on a boat and sailing off to an Island. Right. <laughs> it's know, like, like, it's like going to the Dominican. Right. Right. It's like going to cute. Like, like, I don't know. Like it's like going to the, the Caribbean and never coming back. They're going to Aruba. Do you think that it's uh Turks and Caicos with the Balrog right. and uh water yeah. guy? Yeah, man. 
It's like them and a bunch of elves, and they're like, I didn't know you were going to be here. Right, like party barge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the two ships just pass each other. Right? And they're like, like, well, you stay on that side of the island. We're going to draw a line down the middle and don't even touch it. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I like how, because Legolas's reflection of grief is similar to Aragorn's, because Aragorn's just like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to... Yeah. and. Legolas, too, is just kind of... Legolas looks like he needs to sit down. He looks like a like a two-year-old lost in the mall. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So he, he, he just... He lost track of mommy and daddy for a second. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. Um, I also... I didn't realize that... I've seen this movie many, many times. And I mm. always thought he said, Legolas, get the map. Oh. And I always thought it was weird because I was like, I've never seen a map in this movie, but I guess someone's got one. And it wasn't until Legolas. watching it. Yeah. yeah. Legolas. Get the map. And I was like, Legolas is Legolas. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so when I was watching it for this minute, I was like, oh, he's saying get them, get them up. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Vigo, Vigo has an interesting way of saying some things. Yeah. You have that in uh, uh, By Nightfall, these hills will be swarming with orcs. Apparently the original line was fair teeming with orcs, but they changed it. Fair teeming. Good. This this mountainside will be fair teeming with orcs. Yeah, that's a little too, like, Shakespearean. Yeah, it's a little yeah. little, little too old English. Yeah. Too much for well, our tiny brains. <laughs> I, I actually, I think I, I, I like that wording, actually. Fair teeming. I think it yeah, strays like it. into like parody. Yeah. Like old, like you know, old timey language. Uh, read most of Gandalf's text. No, from, I I know. Like, but it's different in the book as opposed to a movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Wider audience. Right. Yeah. Pippin. Pippin. Mary is very calm. I think Mary reacts similarly to. Um, Aragorn and Legolas. Yeah. I, I I take Mary a little more like Boromir. Like there's like a moment where he's just like really concerned for everybody else. And then Mary kind of internalizes. He kind of gets over it really quickly because yes. he didn't necessarily know Gandalf all that well. I mean, Mary and Pippin do know Gandalf pretty well. Yeah. Mary's older than Pippin and he probably has like that older brother mentality for Pippin. Yeah. So he just mm -hmm. kind of like, it happened. I'm over it. I need to make sure Pippin's okay. Yeah, it's also, throughout the whole movie, it feels like Mary's an older soul. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, there's a maturity to her. I know he's older age-wise, but it's also a different... It's like when you could tell someone, even at the age of 12, you're like, you're pretty wise for your age. And I think mm -hmm. Mary has that calm, inward sort of, like, not doesn't express emotions, but knows how to handle them better. We uh we kind of talk about that on the weekend edition we just recorded recently, which will have been out for a while by the time that this airs. The D and D one. The D and D one because we talk about the differences between like Mary and Pippin when we talk about Dungeons and Dragons alignments and like how they apply to people, because we talk about how everything that happens to Pippin and all the choices that he makes aren't really choices; they're forced upon him, and his whole thing is like how he reacts Adapts, to the situations yeah. that he's forced into. Whereas Mary is a bit nobler of a person and usually makes the decision 
to do the right thing in the moment and like embrace what's happening and really make a choice. Whereas Pippin always seems to get forced into things. Mm-hmm. And that's like the real difference between the two of them. Because like Pippin that. doesn't ever really make good. a choice. Pippin just has to accept and learn to accept and deal with what's happening to him. Right. Yes. But Mary is fairly quick to accept and adapt and make a decision as to what he has to do. Oh, Pippin's face breaks my heart every single time. There's so, such anguish. I am like two seconds from crying right now. <laughs> like, And there's no sound. No. And that makes it worse. Yes. It really does. Because we hear Frodo scream no. Right. And then all the sound goes away. Right. And now all we have is that sad music. And Pippin's silent, sobbing face. Well, the last thing that Gandalf said to Pippin... (laughs) Kill yourself. ...was throw yourself in next time. Yeah. He... Like, he must feel so guilty that his, like, mistake of touching that stupid arrow on that stupid skeleton sitting on the stupid well is what killed Gandalf. Yeah. You know? Like... Otherwise, they would have continued to go through Moria unseen. Right. Oh, man. I love Pippin. I just... I And you just picture... I can just hear Mary whispering, it wasn't your fault. Like, oh, no, do not do this. God! (laughs) Oh! That hurts. Because Mary knows. No, yeah. Everyone knows, but like... Protect Pippin. That's what Mary's doing. I know. That's what Mary's always doing. Oh, my gosh. I'm really emotional. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and so Boromir is trying to protect them. Right. Boromir is always trying to protect the hobbits. Because he, understand, he understands they can't really fight for themselves. Right. Oh, man. So it's much. Like, it's hurt. It's physically so, painful. Yeah. There's just so much in this minute that is all just people crying. It hurts my heart. Because how everyone reacts just says so much about who their characters are. Right. Like, because Aragorn looks very, he still looks kind of pained, but, like, he's in the stage he's of moving. He's determined. He's moving on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because he has to. He's repressing it. Yeah. To deal with it later. He's just, I will take this Which pain. All of Aragorn's character. Yeah. I'll take yes. this information and I'll deal with it later. <laughs> yes. I'm going to take this and tuck it away. And Boromir kind of takes everything in stride and he's trying to protect people. Yeah. Gimli just wants to fight somebody. Yes. Like, Boromir is a really good, um, I don't know, Boromir feels the most, like, I guess the word I'm looking for is, like, knightly in this moment. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think that he's, he's caring for everyone as as, on the uh, mental and emotional state, as opposed to the, we got to get this quest done before night thing. He's Mm -hmm. thinking of everyone's feelings. Because in the last, like, 15 minutes, we've seen Boromir go out of his way to protect Aragorn from the cave troll, which gets him thrown against a wall. Right. We've seen him protect all of the hobbits in some way or another. Like, on the stairs, he takes Merry and Pippin and jumps across with them. Mm-hmm. Um, he catches... I think he catches Sam. No, Sam... Sam just gets tossed. He catches Frodo. T- he catches Frodo. 
he stops Frodo from running back into danger after Gandalf. Mm -hmm. He stops Gimli from running back into danger. <sighs> He's a good man. He is. Like, yeah. He's a good man that just can't can't be tempted, or he'll 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 do bad things. <laughs> He's flawed in a way that no one else here really is. He cares too much. That's his answer in a job interview. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I care we... too much. <laughs> yeah. He's got real like he's he's got very much like a like a paternal instinct mm -hmm. because he's had to be a father to Faramir because his dad just his dad didn't out. love Faramir. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh God. Don't even like I don't Don't need make this Faramir minute emotions. worse. I know, but, I don't need Faramir emotions on top of this. But like oh. that's that's where all of this comes from for Boromir is the way that his father treated Faramir. So he treated Faramir the way that a father or a brother should. Oh my god, do you yes. think that he So he like... treats everyone else that he views as like someone that might need to be protected the way he treats Faramir because yeah. he feels that anyone who like needs to be protected needs to be like loved and cared for. Do you think that he gravitates toward Merry and Pippin because Gandalf picks on them so much? Probably. No. Oh no. <laughs> oh god. Why did you even ask that? That's I probably was part thinking of it. it. I was like, I can't even say this out loud. I'm actually going to start crying. I know. I'm just like, I. Um, Usually I have a glass of wine while I'm uh, recording <laughs> minutes and I'm really glad I didn't or I actually would be crying right now. <laughs> Lord. Okay. Right. I mean, yeah, Boromir is the Boromir is the one in the fellowship who would know Gandalf the least mm -hmm. because Legolas has met Gandalf before. Probably. Yeah. Because the elves of Mirkwood deal, have dealt with Gandalf in the past. And Gimli has at least heard stories of Gandalf. He at least knew who he was before he ever met him. Right, because his dad was in Was Thorne's part of company. the Thorns Company. Yeah. So, and Aragorn's traveled with Gandalf, and the hobbits have all known Gandalf, like, their whole lives, basically. And then you have Boromir. So he moves on from this pretty quickly, but he's just trying to help everybody else. Yeah. Kind of yeah. take a breather. And Boromir originally wasn't even there to do anything that had to do with the ring. He just got there and was like, wait, I'm, why are you all here? I came to Rivendell right. on my own. Wait, okay, I'll go with you. <laughs> oh, we all came here on our own? What's going on here? Right. That's the way the book is, this is laid out. Right? <laughs> everyone came with their own problems and Elrond made them wait till everyone he thought was coming came. But even, <laughs> like, even traveling with someone, because they've been on the road for a while like at this point. A month? Yeah. More? More than a month if they so left. So crazy. Like, uh. Probably about a month because they said that their path would take them 40 days south. Mm. Yeah. So right about a month probably at this point because they're not all the way to the Gap of Rohan. Right. So we're probably 20 days plus like the four plus through the Moria. Mountain. Plus the mountain and the four through Moria. Yeah. Yeah. That's so right about a month long probably. Of a hike. I know. Yeah, that's another thing. Gandalf was so like determined to still make it over Caradhras that he had to be like forced to have to go through Moria. Yeah, by Boromir. Well, uh, Frodo technically, but yeah. yeah. But Boromir's the one that's just like this will kill the little ones. Oh God, I don't want to talk about death anymore. It's too depressing. <laughs> um, well, we're gonna until the next minute. Until tomorrow. <laughs> uh. No, I know. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. Sure. Um, 
So you mentioned earlier that you read the books before you saw the movie, but um, we like to ask our guests, like, what kind of got them into Lord of the Rings or, like, their background with Lord of the Rings. Um, so why don't you cleanse our palate a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> before we talk about a little more grief tomorrow. Right, right, right. But not like this. Well, like it this. was after a death in the family. No, I'm just kidding. Right. It was, uh, <laughs> it was um, my dad had the books. And my dad wasn't a big reader, uh, but he had read those and really liked them. And I really liked my dad. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I started reading them with him. And we also always went to the movies together. And he really got me into uh, sci-fi and e everything I watched. Every thing that I'm into now pretty much is because of the movies my dad took me to see when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And... um. Lord of the Rings, reading Lord of the Rings felt like watching a movie for me. And it was one of the books, like I used to read a lot of the Babysitter's Club when I was yeah. really young. I read all of them. There's a lot. There's like 213. I know, there's so many. <laughs> yeah. I used to get them in the mail uh, every week. <laughs> I would get one new one in the mail. It was very exciting. Uh, but as I grew out of uh, Babysitter's Club, I learned that there are other books. It was The Giver that actually opened up my eyes to mm. uh, science fiction-y books and fantasy. And I started watching, I mean, reading Lord of the Rings and I did not really understand it when I was younger. And I read it too young, I think. And then as I got older, I read it again right before the movies came out because I heard they were coming out and I was like, well, I should probably try reading this again. And I liked them and I watched the movies and I loved them and then reading the books now. So I'm currently in my third rereading and it's as soon as you get more life experience, everything just gets so much better. Right. It's, I mean, the first, the I read the Hobbit in college, I think. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, I wish I had read this when I was a kid. Because that would have made it easier for me to digest everything else I was reading. Because it's right. written more simply. Um, and then the movies came out. And I, with two of my friends, used to have extended edition movie marathons once a year. Mm -hmm. So we would watch all three of the movies, extended edition, for one day. And then, you know, want to kill yourself by the end because you're bloated and <laughs> right. fat and tired and cranky and stinky. And, mm -hmm. um, but, I think it's the best way to watch them. <laughs> yeah. there And I just, if it's ever on, it's great. I The Lord of the Rings music is usually what I clean to. Mm. I, I don't know. It's just, it's such a staple in my life of good. And I quote Lord of the Rings all the time. Yeah. So, I don't know, just, it. that's, like I said, I was super excited to come on this podcast so I could yeah. talk about it more. Because it's such a that... background, too. There's so much. Right. Ugh. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any other fantasy writer has come close to the amount of background information there is for As far as, like, world. sheer volume no way. of, yeah. like, pages. It's or... insane. <laughs> it's None. insane. It, he George R. R. Martin is trying. Is, yeah, he's close, but I don't know. Is he trying? Uh he's written well in not writing the sixth book, 
He's written like, like three back, like like background four, novels, yeah. Like he's written a bunch of histories and short and stories and background novels, but he hasn't finished that sixth book yet. I understand that struggle. You're procrastinating by doing something else, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I made something too big. This is big. He's yeah. like, just let them move that TV show. Finish it. I don't care. And I, I sometimes <laughs> wonder, like, what other background material. Some authors have like written down that never makes it to print mm -hmm. that they wrote for themselves for context for something, like uh, like the wheel of but, the wheel of time series is like fifteen books. Yeah, how much so, other yeah. stuff like was written in notes or like mm -hmm. in unused pages that went into that story oh, that we never, that we've never seen or uh, Philip Pullman's Dark Materials or oh, uh, yeah. um, Dark Tower the Dark Tower series. Oh, I bet I bet Stephen King has so much just stuff lying around for that. Yeah, because there's be there's points in that story that are like really drawn on other works of his too. Mm -hmm. They are, yeah. You have to read a lot of his books to realize. When I was reading that, I haven't read a lot of Stephen King. I read The Long Walk, which is the under his pen name, and The Langoliers, and it that was really it. And then. I read the Dark Tower series and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much from other stuff I need to read. Yeah. Um, I haven't gotten all the way through the Dark Tower. I haven't even gotten all the way through the first book. It's so I hard. I started reading it and I just put it down for <laughs> getting to other things. Yeah. And then I just never got back around to reading it. But uh, the first, one of the first bits of Stephen King I ever read was his uh, first fantasy novel through the eyes of the dragon which is connected to the dark tower so there you go there you have it circle I think, just, like, I think that just speaks to like the sheer like influence of lord of the rings though that like plenty of people have other background material that they have but like no one publishes it like right like um christopher tolkien does yes you know? and i like wasn't it his dad's wish for some of this to see the light of day too so um or was it just like a decision some of it was i think the silmar the silmarillion was like a plan forever but he was never but happy he never got around to it tolkien or? himself was like never happy with the state of it to be released okay. as a novel that makes sense uh, and then it was like four years after his death it was released by yeah. christopher after he he got a lot of it together cleaned some of it up and there's like over 20 books at this point and they're still not done like they're still there's tons stuff. of stuff like there's tons of stuff it's ridiculous mm. it, it it really is like truly amazing yeah and J.R.R. Tolkien also at some point started writing an actual sequel to Lord of the Rings that took place during Aragorn's reign as king hmm. wow uh, but, he but he abandoned it yeah and it was about like a shadow cult in Gondor worshipping Melkor okay that sounds awesome yeah that's really cool <laughs> Can you, like, Gondorian politics, like the Fourth Age? Oh, my God. I'm super into that. <laughs> like, I guess the part of the reason it was, like, ultimately abandoned was Tolkien feeling like the end of The Lord of the Rings was just the right place to end a story. Yeah. And that anything that came after it felt, like... Superfluous. Yeah. Like, yeah. smaller. Yeah. Not as important. Yeah. That makes sense. There's some interesting stuff to think about. Yeah. I didn't know that about the sequel. Yeah, that's Hopefully, really cool. Like, I didn't know about I just, that. Either. I just read about that recently when I was doing some research about the Silmarillion. I hope they put that out sometime. 
It, there's not even close to being able to put out a full novel. Oh, no, I know. But, like, just the, just the, the it's first chapter. Some of the, history, some of the end of the histories of Middle-Earth books. Uh -huh. They talk about it in one of those. Oh, cool. That's what it's in. Yeah, read all that. I need to read more. I need more time. Right? I know. <laughs> I need time in my life. You know, there's, like, 15 histories of Middle-Earth books. Mm -hmm. So. And more. Right. <laughs> there's another book coming out this year. Yeah, Baron and the like Luthien. Like, a re-editing plus additional material and, like, reordering of the Baron and Luthien story is coming out. I'm excited Jeez. about that. Yeah. I'm excited about that, too. I really want it. I love me a good elf. I'm going to buy it as soon as it's out and read it in, like, two days. love story. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you can find us on Facebook, where we have a listener group called Fellowship of the Mic. You just got to ask to join. It's a really fun place. Lots of cool discussion memes it's not as sad as this episode we promise it's, it's <laughs> not. it probably will be by the time this episode airs because oh, people will be posting sad things just like crying <laughs> yeah many tears were shed uh you can also find us on itunes where you should leave us a five-star review because Please, we think you're you. awesome yeah and hopefully you think we're awesome too let's be awesome together <laughs> thank you for joining us again today crystal beth of course as always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Leaper182 and Ed Foster. Hope everyone has a great Thursday, and we'll finish out this week tomorrow. Bye. Bye.